We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We are breaking down all aspects of Yankee baseball. This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show with your hosts, Andrew Rotondi and Scott Reinen. Let's go. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Bronx Pinstripe Show, the first episode of the regular season of 2023. It's in the books. Yankees took two out of three from the Giants. A lot of good stuff this weekend. A lot of good stuff on opening day. Some bad things uh, over the course of the weekend, too. We're going to talk about it all. Scott, how you feeling? Good, man. It was a it was a good weekend. Got the series win. That's the name of the game, right? That's uh, all, all year long. We're going to be looking at how they're doing in these series. Are they pulling out the victory? Um, or are they not? Because that's uh, that's that's going to tell the, the the big tale of how this team is doing. But I thought overall it was good. We got some, uh, you know, Cole was dominant, absolutely dominant. He he looked like the the guy everybody wants him to be, and the guy that he believes he is, and the guy that the Yankees apparently believe he is as well. He looked every bit of that guy. So um, hopefully he can bottle it up, and then and then uh, a couple couple different sides of the coin for for pitching performances for the next two games. <laughs> so this. I'm going to preface this with, this is not a serious take, but I'm going to talk about it like it's a serious take. The reason that Cole had, you know, had such a great day is because did you notice that this is the shortest his hair has been as a New York Yankee so far? You could not see any hair. So he is now fully embracing the New York Yankees lifestyle. <laughs> He's like, I'm not going to go down to the shoulder. I'm not going to sort of get fancy with the rules. I'm not going to do the pseudo mullet anymore. No, 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 no. Pressure is a privilege. I got to go to the barber, get that shit high, high and tight. I'm ready to go. I'm, I'm officially a New York Yankee now. So you're thinking that maybe he wasn't all in. He wasn't all in up until He now. wasn't all in. You know, I'm, and then, I'm watching. you know what happened this offseason? He saw Judge sign the massive deal, get the captaincy. The Yankees brought in another big, big arm, a big money arm. And Cole's like, I got to get my stuff together. What if there's a new, uh, a, a new, a new person grooming the New York Yankees these days? I mean, the, one of the first things that I noticed on opening day was uh, were those teardrop yeah. uh, teardrop eyebrows by Mr. Aaron Judge getting a well, little fancy, getting a little fancy <laughs> with those eyebrows? Let's uh, we need to. I think That's we need to money. cool it with are... with all the things. He goes the teeth and the then the eyebrows, and he's just he's getting he's showing his contract a little bit, you know. It's new money eyebrows, new money eyebrows. Yeah. So uh, you know, if there's a new barber or what, maybe this is Cole's first opportunity to say, you know what, I'm going to play by the Yankee the eyebrows. So you t- you texted that to everyone. You were like, "Judge's eyebrows," and I'm like, "What? What is he talking about?" And I literally had to like look at the. I had I like paused. Uh, they were showing him in center field, and I like paused it at that time. And I'm like, "What is? It? I 
guess his eyebrows are a little thinner than normal, but like I would not, I did not pick up on that. So I don't know. You're all over was, Yeah, I'm just, I always look for things that are just different. And I'm not <laughs> saying it's bad or good. It's just different. You know what I mean? It's like a little, it's another level of confidence you got to do, I think, to, 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 to sport those eyebrows. Some guys can't do it. Some guys can. Apparently, Aaron Judge is one of those guys. So he's playing damn well. So I love the, I, I love everything about it right now. The, you know, the guy's mashing. So yeah. It's all great. The new barber, the new stylist, doing a doing a hell of a job, bang up job in uh, series one. The um, yeah, judge first swing of the year home run. That that was one of those moments. It's just like transports you back to last September when he was going after the home run record immediately, and you're like, oh right, yeah, judge is still the best player on the planet. Like he declared himself. A lot of Volpe talk uh, this past week and a half, and rightfully so. But but judge is like, you know, don't worry about it. Remember who I am. I am the captain coming in hot. Yeah, first swing. It was awesome. Did you catch Judge's post-game press conference on opening day by any chance? I I heard some of it, yeah. So he said, uh, I forget the exact question, but he said when Volpe stepped to the plate for the first time, it sounded like he was chasing uh, 62. Just not not in a bad way or anything, but just like commenting on how fired up everybody who around the organization, everyone, every fan, everyone in that ballpark was for Volpe. And and really that was like obviously coming out of opening day, Cole was awesome. Judge was awesome. Volpe walked, got a stolen base. He had a couple hits on Saturday, but like it was just it it added an extra level of excitement, the fact that he was there and playing and starting all three days. A, a huge level of excitement, not just a little bit. I mean, we just the, it, this is this is like the ideal scenario for Yankees fans. You have a new captain on the team, which means there's a guy there that you believe in who has all the things that need to be, uh, you know, named captain. And now you have a new starting shortstop who's a kid coming up to your system, who's a local tri-state area guy and and won the job in spring training. It's the perfect scenario. It's really, it's really, uh, you know, everything you could possibly want as a Yankees fan. So, yeah, I'd say it's a good, it's a good, it's a good reason. And and Judge was, uh, wanted to make it very clear. Um that he's still the guy. First swing. And Volpe's sporting sticks now. Number 11. No longer number 77. This is this is good for a couple couple reasons. Okay, first of all, I didn't like that he was wearing number 77. No, this, nor did the, I did not either. The stink of Clint Frazier. Like, mm-hmm. just get rid of that. Yeah. For love or hate Clint Frazier, just I don't yeah. want to be reminded of Clint Frazier at this point. Right. Not a great no. place to start. You know, who needs that conversation? No, no. So number two, I mean, it's just, it's a real number, right? Like number 11 is a real number. Number 77 is not. Number 99 is a real number because it's Judge, right? But like number yes. 99 on someone else is also a fake number. Um, but so number Even 99 is, is just a different number. It's cool. You know, it's cool. Seven, like 77 is an offensive lineman. You know what I'm saying? Like 99, not many people wear. And the fact that he called Brett Gardner, like that's all well and good. Like that's fun. I guess Brett Gardner warrants the phone call. I think Volpe's trying to do the the right thing because yeah. you know that's going to endear him him to fans as well. But the reason I love it so much because it officially puts to bed the Brett Gardner in Monument Park <laughs> narrative, which seemingly everyone around around the Yankees was like all about the last few years. And it's like I like Brett Gardner. I. I have been labeled as a Brett Gardner hater just because I was tired of seeing him get the starting job year after year in left field. And I thought they should give other people, (laughs) namely Clint Frazier, an opportunity. But also, like, let's be real. Brett Gardner does not deserve to have his number retired in Monument Park. He was a great Yankee. He will be a great Yankee now. Great Yankees get their 
great Yankees get their numbers retired in Monument Park. Well, see, that's the that's the problem, I guess. He was a good Yankee. And I guess you have to draw the sign lump somewhere. Yeah, he was a good. He was a very good Yankee. He had good play. He had some nice playoff moments, which is key. He was on one championship team, but he was not a key member of that championship team. Um, maybe had the Yankees pulled it out in one of those final years of his of his career, and he had a, a, a nice role in that. Maybe it would be a different story. But anyway. Number 11, who knows? It'll end up in Monument Park one day, but it's just not going to be Brett Gardner. Yeah, and I'm glad he did the same thing. I agree. Total, on, all, on all fronts, like 77, just it's not a number an infielder's going to wear. Okay, we're getting away with the double-digit high numbers in the outfield, fine. Uh, infielder, number 11. I like it. I like it. And the kid, the kid. I, I just tweeted this out before the end of the game, but um, I love the fact. I knew he had stolen bases in the minor leagues. I knew he had some some base-stealing uh, acumen, but but He's a little bit of a menace out there. I mean, he's mm-hmm. that that he's first that that first steal that he took. I mean, that was a running lead. That was that was not a little walking lead. Like th- this, we had a couple hops in there and then took off and and, and stole that bag on the pitcher. So um, he's aggressive on the base path. He's he's got he made a couple nice plays on uh, in the in the field with some help. Rizzo helped him um, and uh, and Lemayhu helped him on that turn that he had that was a little crossbody. Um, but he looked really good. He looked really good. And then again today, he was uh, he was active on the base paths and actually scored a run because of it. Last thing on the number, do you think there's anything to the one plus one equals two? You know, that was the first thing I, I saw. Just in my eyes, I saw that. I saw two things. I saw Bevan, my wife, used to, she wore number 11 all through college as well. So that was uh, that was good for getting Volpe in, in her good graces. And then, yeah, the one plus one equals two. That's kind of how I told Kemp it was. Just because he knows Derek Jeter's number two, so I so that's that was my introduction to Anthony Volpe. He loves Derek Jeter just like you. Well, it's cool if he. I mean, obviously he picked. Do you think the Yankees approached him and said we want to give you number eleven, or do you think he said I want number eleven? Has that been out? Have I not heard this? I have not heard this. So if the story is out, I don't know. Logan, do you know? You're. I feel like I heard them say that they they gave it to him, and then he like was was there because of the gardening thing, and then went and asked. Okay. I think okay. that was the way it went. But that I'm would make sense to me. I'm gonna look. If if I if I were to to be a betting uh, man on how that went down, I would have said that the Yankees approached him because one, just hearing this kid talk, he's one of the most respectful, nicest kids I've ever heard in my entire life. I just you know everything about him says that 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 he has the respect and, and humility of you know any anybody and i can't imagine him going up and saying i want 11 i just can't not at this point so i have a feeling yeah, as a they did that as a rookie you don't demand a number you, you unless you're clint frazier and you're trying to unretire <laughs> mickey mantle's number right and, uh, yet another reason to to wear get the stink of 77 the yankees wanted to get the stink off 77 off of them well, they that like we thought it was going to be number seventy-seven because the official tweet announcement from the Yankees had number seventy-seven on it because that was his spring number. Anyway, enough number talk. I thought his at bat. So his his at bats on opening day, he worked the walk in the first at bat. He didn't chase pitches outside, which was really good. Like first he did at-bat. yesterday. He did he yesterday. Did, he did times. yesterday, but his first at bat of his professional career, he didn't chase and then ended up stealing the base. I thought the third at bat for him on opening day when he struck out with first and third and one out. In the seventh inning, he was over swinging. Uh, he got beat on some fastballs up. And in those situations, like he's got to be amped up, right? But that's just a situation you want someone like Volpe to just try and put the barrel bat on the ball and lift the ball to the outfield. Like he's not, at, at least at this stage, like we don't need him to hit the through run home run there. 
you need to have quality and productive at-bats, especially batting ninth there. And DJ ended up saving it, the situation. He ended up getting the hit to drive in the run right after that. But I thought that was like a slight negative in on, on his opening day. He did get the two hits on Saturday. Um, I think it was one hit up the middle, one hit in, in the shortstop hole. But yeah, he did he did chase a few pitches as well. It's gonna be he's gonna go through those like some at bats he's gonna look of course completely he is. overmatched and, and of some course at he bats is. he's gonna be dialed in and he's gonna go through the a slump at some point when pitchers start to make adjustments. I'm just really happy again. He started all three days at shortstop. Like we saw IKF in the lineup on Sunday playing center field before Aaron Hicks gets a start in the outfield. Like that's also telling, right? Yeah, let's let's dive into some lineup talk, just complete lineup. Uh, let's nerd out on that because the Yankees did exactly what I think all of us want them to do. One, Stanton played in the outfield twice, twice in the series. Twice. So awesome. I don't know if that's just like, let's set a tone here, understanding that. On the way to 73, my bold prediction. And then and then you have, um, yeah, Volpe at short every single day. Didn't, didn't bring anybody in. And then Cabrera standing in left field all weekend long, all weekend long. Uh, at 100 percent, 100 percent, no doubt in my mind, that ball in uh, in like the what was the fourth inning? I think that Cabrera, the sun, he had to shield the sun and catch it. 100 percent, it's a double in the get. Uh, uh, if if Aaron Hicks is out there, there's zero chance to catch that ball. Yeah, uh, so I'm glad they did. They did all the things. They they really did. They did all the things uh, that that I think most Yankees fans wanted. They put their best lineup out on the field for the weekend, which is great. I, I you want the you want to see that? I think especially on opening weekend at home. So obviously, Judge played back to excuse me. Stan played back to back days in right, back to back games in right field, but it wasn't back to back days because of the, right. the Friday off day. I still bet they try and avoid the back to back days in the outfield as much as they can. But if that could still mean you know three to four days a week in the outfield, um, which is nice, which I think is probably best case scenario. I, I'm not expecting six days a week in the outfield for Stan. No, and I think that it's not going to be. Um, well, it depends on the health. So if 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 they're still playing shorthanded, uh, or and you're not getting uh, you know much production out of left field, if you're if if left field becomes you know an offensive void for the first few weeks here, and and neither of those guys are playing well, then I could see Stanton them trying to get Stanton into the field a little bit more, just so they could get another uh, another bat, either Glaber or DJ, and that in that uh, DH spot because clearly they're they want to get DJ in as much as possible. Um, and they've, you know, they're, they're, they'll play him at the, at the DH spot with, with Stanton um, on those days that he's not there. Yeah, Glaber was DH the first two days. Right. Uh, and then second, played second. Leading off, which I don't love. I don't know who the other choice is right now. When I DJ think it's Bader when he's back, but... Right. Uh, yes, that's a good point. Um, I was joking before the game. It's like, shit, put, put Volpe there. Um, but I, I don't know. I didn't... I don't love Glaber leading off, but I don't really have a like a clear cut better option. So I guess that's what we're gonna have to deal with. And and Glaber did play second base on Saturday too. I, I was wrong about that. Yeah, I, I'm not. I don't like Glaber at the one spot. So if they're gonna if they're gonna look for someone else at that point, um, I mean shit. I know he's a rookie and he's he's the new starting shortstop, but it does make sense Logan. having Volpe in that in that uh, in that leadoff spot. It does make sense. It's so, just purely on a on a you know yeah. stylistic type of guy, you know, ter- with new new baseball, which stolen bases are now back a thing. Like you want your leadoff man on, right? Any at any point, get that guy on the on base, and if he's got wheels, even better. 
I so love let's it. Let's do this. Let's 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 make this a thing. Can you look up in 1996 when Derek Jeter officially moved from batting ninth to leadoff? Because that happened at some point early in the 1996 season. He started hitting eighth and ninth, and then he, they moved him up to leadoff at some point. Uh, Glaber is just like a, a, a round a 300 OBP guy, right? Like we we know what Glaber is at this point. He's not going to have a lot of plate discipline. He's going to run into home runs like he did uh, on opening day, and so fine. Like at, at, then just bat him fifth or sixth or seventh, right? When there's more opportunities for for guys on base. Like I, I just don't need him to be leading off. That's a, that's a small nitpick with the lineup. Otherwise, really happy with with Boone's decisions this weekend for the for the lineup. Yeah, and for the most part, especially if he's healthy, like Lemayhu's and. You know, minus the stolen base piece of this, which is which is now new, but you know he's a, he's a he's a perfect person to be in the leadoff spot just as far as back control. So you know, I don't I don't hate him being there by any means, but I, I do think if Bader healthy, Bader's healthy, he gives you a lot of. Uh, so that's why I don't think the comp is, is direct because whenever Jeter started, if Harrison Bader is there and was there, I would say do not put Volpe in that leadoff spot. I would rather Harrison Bader be there if he's the starting center fielder. It also entirely depends on how Volpe's doing because Derek sure. Jeter was was playing great in 1996, so they moved him up. If if, if Volpe's hitting 260, they're not going to move him up to leadoff. I mean, 260. So. What are you talking about? 260 is like a batting title. <laughs> not in not in the shiftless MLB. We saw we saw the shift come into play. Like I actually I I noticed it a lot today on the ball that Rizzo hit up the middle, and Crawford all he could do was knock it down. And is because, yes, he, Crawford was shaded well up the middle, but he was not across the second base bag, but he was on the infield dirt. So the best he could do was uh, knock Rizzo's line drive up the middle down instead of last year, he's catching that on one hop and easily throwing Rizzo out. And then Stanton followed it up with like a 5,000-foot blast to center field. Yeah, no, it's. I think it's good. You know, th- this Flaherty was talking about this, and I don't understand how he, he didn't see it coming, but he he was he was talking about how he he was he understands now how defensive um, athleticism will be on display because of the non shift. I don't know what he was looking at, but clearly it's because they have to cl- they have to cover more ground, and and that's what that's why I like this. I think it, it gives obviously it levels the playing field, the whole point of it, but it's uh, it does give those plus defenders the ability to 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 make like fantastic plays, um, and you know a lot of those plays were were kind of masked by the by the shift because there was a guy there, you know, someone didn't have to the second baseman didn't have to range all the way over to first base uh to uh to make a play or shortstop up the middle and and now we're going to start seeing that again. So I re- early take on the on the rules and all the all the changes, I'm a fan. Uh, you know, I I thought I was going to be just because I think it does take it back to, you know, the way that that I like baseball in in that there's a lot of motion, there's a lot of um there's just a, a lot of a lot more things happening and uh and I think they're accomplishing that. So I'm slow, uh, as my as my buddy Jim says, a golf clap for for MLB and, and these rules because they did a good job. Logan, you have the date for for Jeter. I do. It looks like the um, the first day that he started consistently batting leadoff was August fourth. Oh, that's a lot later than I thought it was. Later than I thought. Let me also because while we, we were just on the topic, read you an Aaron Hicks quote that happened um, sometime between. Yesterday's uh, game and today's game. This motherfucker is complaining about his playing he time. He is complaining about his playing time. How did you know? Uh, quote, unquote, I just want to play. I don't want to come off the bench and face closers all day. I want to play the field. I want to play every day. And it's just what I want to do. Cool. Thought on that, Scott? Yeah. I mean, I hope every, that's what everybody wants to do. One, don't say it because it's just it's, they don't really want your honest opinion at that point. They just, uh, you know, they want you to be a good team guy. 
And uh, two, you don't deserve it because you've, you've had the opportunity to take it many, many times. So shut up. Zip shut the up. lip. Aaron, this is what I would tell Aaron Hicks. Aaron Hicks, you had 453 plate appearances last year and you had a 642 OPS. The year before that, you had 126 plate appearances and you had a 627 OPS. You are not good enough to be a starting outfielder anymore. So you are going to be sitting on the bench, coming in for defense late and up. Uh, Occasionally pinch hitting. And if you don't like that, bye. I mean, that's the thing. This is what pisses me off. If you don't like that, that's your role, bro. That, that, that is your role on this team right now. And yes, you're probably he's gonna get more more run in left field. Uh it's gonna happen. It's but but this is a platoon situation at this point. If at best for him, because this weekend, I couldn't believe Cabrera was in left field the entire time, but he was. So if this is your role, you either you should embrace it. And if you're not going to embrace this role, which is a much needed and important role on the the club for the entire team, this is a, an important role. If you can't play that role and you don't want to play that role, then yeah, get the hell out. And and now I'm looking at guys who've been DFA'd or guys in AAA who actually want to be there and and, and uh, play in that. Yeah, that is a privilege to them. He, he just sounds like a, an entitled an entitled player right there. And I, and I do not like that. <laughs> So apparently Boone also said Hicks is going to play the next two games, which is not great. I, I don't understand that. Like what that plan doesn't make sense to me because it's not like you're playing Cabrera over Hicks for matchups this weekend. Like they're no, he's probably just hitters. giving them bulk like, of time, right? The, you know, I don't know. It's because of the early it's early in the season. It's really hard to read into any of these things as 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 a thing. More so, you know, it could have just been. This weekend we're going to give it this guy. This series we're going to give this guy, and, and you know continue the battle into the into the season uh, after spring training. So who the hell knows, you know why why it is, but it's kind of what I expected. I expected there still to be a timeshare out there. You know, Cabrera's not just going to take this thing. Uh, he didn't really steal it. No, but he didn't. But but we know what Hicks is at this point, right? Like we've seen Hicks. Like you said, you've had many chances to to be a starting player and. You've had some good stretches, but they've always been followed up by injuries. And now for two straight years, you've either been injured or bad or both. And I just, I, I don't need to see that again. Like, just like you said, embrace being the fourth outfielder. I don't, I, I don't understand why he is not, I, listen, you want a guy to want to start, obviously, but he needs to be self-aware enough to understand he has not deserved, he has not earned this. But that's not, it. Doesn't matter. Like all you do is just say, "I'm I'm here to to play when my name is called and 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 to and to be on this team and be as productive when I get opportunities." That's it. Like, yeah, you're not the starting left fielder. You know that. So this is not that type of situation. Yeah, for sure. So you're talking about Judge's eyebrows earlier and the fact yeah. that they're they maybe got, uh, he took he went too hard at the tweezers um, the, before before the game. Do you think do, do eyebrows what do eyebrows do? They help keep dirt out of your eyes, right? They, they do help, help keep. With, do it they depends help? how bushy they are, what, but yeah. The actual the, the actual purpose. I don't know. Yeah, not much. <laughs> not much Doesn't, of a purpose. Does it help block? Does it help block sun at all? No. I, you still get, you still get burned. So, so 
So no matter what, Judge has thick eyebrows or thin eyebrows. He's still going to have sun in his eyes unless he has an amazing pair of Shady Rays sunglasses. Shady Rays is a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair you can find or any bushy out eyebrows that you can grow. What's the guy um, from American Pie and Shit's Creek, the dad? Like, even you can have those Eugene eyebrows. Levy. The sun's still going to get in your eyes. Eugene Levy, thank you very much. I saw him at a bar in, in Manhattan one time. Yeah, Shady, Shady Rays frames are durable, less expensive, and have extremely clear uh, optics, perfect for outdoor activities like golf, beach, and baseball games. Everyone has probably lost or broken a pair of sunglasses at some point in their life. If you do that with your Shady Rays pair, you don't have to worry about it because they're going to send you a new pair if you lose them or break them, no questions asked. And if you buy it and you get it and you put it on, you look in the mirror and you're just not feeling the style, you can exchange them for free within 30 days for something different that you might like better. That's huge because it's difficult when you're buying something online if you can't try it on. I have a, I have my Shady Rays. They, they sent, uh, they sent both Scott and I a pair. Can't wait to, uh, to wear them on the beach this summer. I'm showing them on the YouTube right now. They've got the, the little, the little chestnut, uh, frames. Really excited for those. Shady Rays is giving their best deal to our listeners. Go to shadyrays.com and use promo code Bronx for 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Go check them out. We know you're going to love them. And thank you to Shady Rays for sponsoring our show. Okay. So let, let's, uh, let's spend some time on Cole. We joked about the hair thing, but uh, he was absolutely dominant. 95 mm-hmm. pitches through six innings, three hits, two walks, 11 strikeouts, which set a club record on opening day for strikeouts. And I believe it was eight strikeouts through the first three innings, which if you can do the math right, that's just one shy of nine straight strikeouts to start the game. Um, he needs to take this. He needs to put this rotation on his back. For, for the first couple months of the season. Like we saw, we're going to talk about Clark Schmidt. Clark Schmidt struggled. <clears throat> he couldn't even get out of the fourth inning. I mean, today, you're giving a major league debut to Johnny Brito, and he was he was great. But like, how, how are you going to be able to count on that every time out? Nestor Cortez, we all hope, is healthy and is truly the number two right now. He's going to start against Philly. But there's just so many question marks with this rotation. The health is such a concern. That's one thing. It's like we get on Cole, but you don't have to worry about his health, knock on wood. But damn, does he have to be rock solid right now for the first couple months of the season? Yeah, and and we've seen we've seen him be the best pitcher in baseball early early in a in in a season in the past. Like the guy has obviously everything there. I love his body language. That's you know I know he's been talking to Clark Schmidt about body language and a, a certain a few points during that game. I'm sitting there like. Mm. Not great body language, Clark. Not great body language in the way that you're walking around that mound right now. Not great. And, uh, you know, he was kind of crying for some pitches too. But but Cole had uh, everything there. Everything he was, um, everything that, that he looked, he, he was working off his fastball. His fastball command was there. He was popping the glove. Uh, and he just looked dominant. That's, you know, when he's controlling that fastball early in the count, that's when he's he's always at his best. And, and uh, that's what we saw. So good, uh, good start damn good start and you're right he does need to carry this this rotation and we may not see a guy like burrito what for a couple of times that they, they uh even he probably might go back down to the minor leagues because uh of the way off days are yeah are but sour. like he pitched well <laughs> he did pitch well like, he pitched very well i mean he he pitched five shutout innings today give him another chance well that's the thing the way that the schedule works out too they're they're there may not be uh, the next time through the rotation. I think I was looking at the lineup and I heard either Susan or someone. Well, that's because 
they oh, they go to Baltimore to open for Baltimore's home. Yeah, it's purely circumstantial. But, but but at that point, you don't know who's coming back. You know, Radon's throwing a couple simulated innings. Um, so there, there's some there's definitely uh, some hope that that guys are coming back. So it just it's a matter of timing. It has nothing to do with the way he pitched. He pitched fantastic. The guy did awesome. Five, you know, he's like you said, five shutout innings. Um, his control was there. His pitch count was a little high, but that was it. He was awesome. Yeah, he was ranked the best control in the Yankee system. And yeah, he backed that up today. I don't know. I, I'm at a point. It's like, yeah, we all want Clark Schmidt to to grab his spot in the rotation. But you you pitch who's pitching best. Like, it's not hard. Who's pitching best? Okay, that guy gets the ball. It does not work like that. You, I know, you know it doesn't this. work like that. I wish it worked like that at this point. Like, what well, is because you you would be bouncing around so many goddamn times if you, if you did that because of the way guys uh, struggle at certain. Well, points. no, okay, so, obviously um, it's Clark not going to be week to yeah, week. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, Brito pitched well today. Yes, yes, I understand. You could skip his next start and send him back to the minors. Fine, but like, he pitched well, so give him his next start in the rotation. Like, why are we getting fancy if it doesn't it? line up for it? It's a moot point. It's not as if he they're they're skipping him. That's the point. It, where, yeah. If they may not need that fifth starter because Clark Schmidt is in the rotation right now. And if you're if you're also alluding to the fact that you don't want Clark Schmidt in the in the rotation, no, um, obviously I want Schmidt to get yeah. another chance at it. Yeah. So the way no, I mean there's really not because you've got three against Philly, then one against Baltimore on Thursday, then the off day Friday, but then after that you play uh, nine in a row before an off day on the 17th of April. You don't really have like a ton of off days. So it's like, yeah, technically, I guess Brito's day would be Friday. And so that would be skipping. But it's not like you have a bunch of off days the week after that too, where it's like you just push Brito to Saturday and everyone's back in line. Yeah, that's, I mean, they could absolutely do that if they're pushing guys around and doing that. They also may need another reliever at that point too, because guys aren't going as deep into games. Depends on the roster. But yes, he pitched well. I'm glad he did, and uh, I'm I'm continue to look forward to watching that kid pitch. Clark Schmidt was disappointing. He he very you know early uh, the first couple innings he had uh, the cutter going and it, and, he, and he I thought he looked pretty good, but then the he started to tail off. Second inning, the, it was it was it was into the second inning when he started you know really getting deep into counts and and he got he got unscathed. Second, but the it was second not inning, good. yeah, I know. Yeah. It's a, you're talking. You're acting. You're talking about the second inning, like it's the seventh inning. Like, oh yeah, you know, finally in the seventh inning, he started. We're talking about the second inning, thirty-two pitch second inning. He I just to wanted him to pitch better. Couldn't get guys out. I just wanted him to. pitch I did better. too. He bounced back with a nice third inning, but then in the fourth inning, he falls behind Crawford three zero. And you made a nice point on Twitter, where you're like, "What are you even doing at that point, attacking Crawford?" And he ended up throwing a. a, a BP cutter in the middle. It's of not the even on him. And that's, that was... that, that's a boon thing. That's a throw up the four. Oh, I have know. the guy walk. Yeah. Have, have him walk to uh, to first base, and and then attack the lefties with uh, with a lefty, which they were going to do anyway. So it, it made it made no sense actually for for him to throw that pitch. Right, you're saying walk Crawford, then go to Wandy for the lefties coming up after that. And correct, you know, it's still not an ideal situation. You've got you've got runners on base with Wandy coming in. But it was clear. I mean, that was Schmidt's last batter anyway, and he falls behind 3-0. Like, what are you letting him throw a meatball for? So there's yeah, yeah there's yeah, no yeah. reason, no reason. Uh, but I, I I will say, being able to uh, to nitpick managerial decisions on the first weekend, it's a privilege. It's a privilege. I'm, I'm glad it's back. 
That's the best. That's like the best part of yeah. of being a fan. It's like I'm just saying, manage from the couch. I was appreciating the 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 second guess in in the moment at the time. I'm like, okay, I appreciate the second guess. It was the wrong thing to do. It was also only the fourth inning, right? And you're hoping yeah. that the Yankees are going to be able to score more runs. They ended up going three for eleven with runners in scoring position and left eight men on base. They almost come back that ninth inning. That Stanton at bat. So. What's the closer for San Francisco? Doval? Uh, yeah, Camille Doval. He was a puddle out there. He had the, the pitch clock violations, which meant he fell behind Stanton 0-1 or 1-0, and then he threw a ball to Stanton. And you could see Stanton. He's like, I'm, I'm ready to feast on whatever next pitch comes in here. But I also think, you know, you got to either hit that ball out of the ballpark or just take the pitch and, and make Doval throw you strikes because he's clearly crapping his pants out there. Yeah, he was in a bad spot. He was definitely feeling uh, the pressure and the the weirdness of of the new rules. You could tell he was he was a uh, he was mental at that moment. But I will say, you're out. You're down by two runs. You got standing up. He's looking at a at a just a. A beautiful 2-0 pitch that could possibly he's probably looking in one spot and one spot only and he just didn't execute i have zero problem with him swinging at that ball he hit the he hit it hard i don't know what the exit velo but it, I, it, I remember thinking that it was you know, a hard four hit hopper ball. to shortstop yeah it's unfortunate that that it was um you know it went where it went but at the same time he did put a, a good swing and hit it hard i want john color you you got a you got two runs that are, you need to tie the game so yeah, you could walk. That's great. And and then maybe he settles down the next. If you have an opportunity at a 2-0 count with John Carlos standing up, I have zero problem with him hit, uh, swinging that, that bat. He just didn't execute. Right. Because who's up after Stanton? Is, is Glaber or Donaldson, right? Is is up after Stanton? Um, yeah. I'm trying to go either back way, to you need two runs. So anybody that's after Stanton in that lineup, I want Stanton swinging the bat with a Donaldson. 2-0 pitch. Like all day long. That's 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 the guy I want with a two zero pitch at that point. So, no problem, no problem. Just again, not. And you know, he did what he's done forever as a Yankee. Uh, he stood up there and and took accountability for not executing uh, on on that on that uh, on that situation. And that's it. Like that's what the guy does. You can't say shit about him because he just goes up there and owns it every single time. You know, there's been a lot of talk about him putting on a clinic I, with the media recently, but he that, that's exactly what he's been doing since he got here. I was thinking about this when a, after that game because you're right he does he does just own up to it and that ball was 115.4 miles off the bat. Uh, yeah, see, yeah, he hit the piss yeah, out of it. Stan right. does not hit. If he hits the ball, he hits the piss out of it. Like yeah. that's what we've learned about Stan. When he makes contact, it, the piss comes out of the ball. So I think Stan is an extremely likable has been an extremely likable Yankee, despite the fact that he has not had, like, he has not lived up to the performance we all thought he was going to. And that's largely due to injuries. He's missed so much time. But because, like you said, like, he just owns up to it. And he seemed, like, he seems to be, have handled Judge clearly far and away, not only being the better baseball player, but by far the more beloved player, superstar on the team. He's handled that very well. And I'm not comparing him to A-Rod because clearly Stanton is mature enough and comfortable enough with himself to be able to handle that. But if you just compare it to just like other superstars in general who were the man 
in their previous city and then came over and are no longer the man, a lot of guys could not handle that. It's true. It's the way that he handles his business. He he does, even when, you know, there was that off season where he had soft tissue injuries and he was bench pressing, pressing like Instagram models. Like, I think that was a, the, the fresh, the, like probably a peak frustration point as a fan when you're, when you're looking at that type of stuff. But no, the guy has, has handled the New York media flawlessly. And, and again, like the only thing we ask you to do, the only thing you really do need to do, especially if you're struggling, is walk, stand in front of your locker, stand in front of the podium and just admit that you are struggling and own your shit and then, and then do your best to get better and stay on the field. And he's done all that. And he's had some big moments. He's had some big moments where he's, you know, got on some streaks that, that have, you know, helped this Yankees team get to where they've gotten. So no, man, he's like, again, so go back to that situation. Give me that swing all day long, 115 off the bat. Like usually good things can happen when that, when, when uh, a ball's hit that hard. And he punished the ball today because he was angry. (laughs) Yes, he was angry. And that's what he does. That's what he gets. He gets very, he gets, he gets angry at the ball. And then as a pitcher, you're shit in your pants. He's very intimidating up there too. Cause he looks like he's going to, you know, like chop your neck off with that bat. Also on Saturday, you know, the bullpen King and Holmes, the two guys plus Wandy who you're counting out of that pen didn't, didn't look great. Although King, I mean, he pitched an inning two thirds, a couple of, uh, it was two infield hits that ended up scoring the runs. He did give up, you know, two hits to get into that situation too. That's his first, you know, big league appearance back since the the surgery, since his elbow exploded. And then Clay Holmes, like he comes in, and he just allows those two insurance runs in his inning of work. Like that's that's a letdown right there from Holmes. It sounded like King, you know, not only not only was struggling a little bit, but he he let go of his uh of his loyalty to the state of Rhode Island. That's the biggest thing that I took away. When I heard, I think it was the Fox broadcast, I'm listening to those two schmucks talk. They were talking about uh, Michael King from Rochester, New York. I, it was like a, they said, you know, Then they said grew up in Rhode Island. Because yeah, I heard Rochester, listened, New York. Which I know you didn't. You didn't listen to when he <laughs> and then was, it was just a, a It was just ago. a full record scratch. Just a, wait, what? This guy is from New York? He's not even from Rhode Island? What are we doing here? What is the state of Rhode Island doing at this point? Hell no. Not producing a lot of baseball players. So if a guy grows up in Rhode Island and goes to high school in Rhode Island, we're going to claim it. I mean, uh, Jeremy Pena as well. Rhode Island's claiming Jeremy Pena. That's a good claim, though. Yeah, I mean, they're they're good at they're good at claiming. They're they're good at claiming better than most states, I'd say. They go they take the initiative in claiming those guys. They 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 got to be early. Well, Rhode Islanders have an inferiority complex. It makes sense. It does make sense. You guys are a little stuck in the middle. The um, but I feel but like Jersey no, has that too. Because no. like, yeah, no, people I've lived think in it, both. They, people think Jersey does, but they don't. I've lived in both states. I currently you, you, live just in because Jersey. you've lived there, you know, doesn't doesn't mean you're from New Jersey. I don't not, understand not, it. Believe me, I know I'm not from New Jersey. I'm the, just saying. People I'm. I'm uh, I really hope Holmes is a big one that that we need him early. That's another guy that we need early, and then obviously Michael King coming back from last year. I, Michael King looked good. Like the results. May not have been there, but I thought he looked good. He got the and that's, check that's swing huge. that scored a run. Check swing that scored a run. And then that weird ball, Volpe. So I was trying to figure out what happened on to Volpe on that looping line drive. Was that off the end of the bat and he thought it was like pulled more and then he realized and then he had to like jump back towards second base to knock the ball down? Because that was not a hard hit ball, but he probably thought off the bat it was a hard hit ball. I think it was a weird ball with a lot of spin, and I think that's that's exactly what it was. I think you you described it perfectly. Yeah. yeah. 
but yeah, no, King looked good. I mean, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just so happy that he's out there, you know, wearing the uniform uh, as as uh, as soon as he is, because when he went down, I think we, you know, we all expected him to be gone for a lot longer. So, um, I'm glad, glad he's there. Holmes is the guy that you know we've seen struggle in the second half of the year. Uh, I need him. I need to get. I need to get that confident feeling back with with him at the at the end of the bullpen like we had uh, early in the year last year. That's I'm really looking for him because, you know, there's there's definitely some unknowns out there as well, and um, you know he's he's a key piece of this. Obviously, listen up, everybody, especially you guys out there. I've got a special offer to tell you about: the newest addition to your daily self care routine. Are you ready to get back into your routine this baseball season? Do you shower? How about brush your teeth? Come on, I know you do all of those things. You probably also manscape to keep the ladies in your life happy. And there's no shame in that. Self-care is cool and something to be proud of. That's why you need to add Sword Vitality Excalibur to your daily routine as well. Sword Vitality Excalibur can encourage optimal sexual health by increasing blood flow to help you thrive when it matters. Trust me, you might think your girl is happy, but what if she could be even happier? This 30-day regimen designed to benefit your reproductive function can help maintain a healthy libido and stamina. I mean, who doesn't want to last longer? The fact of the matter is that 40% of men experience impotence at age 40 and nearly 70% of men by age 70. It is time to take control of your sexual health. Stop buying sketchy pills at the gas station or hiding that little blue pill in your sock drawer. Get Sword Vitality instead. This is a product to be proud of. It looks good on the shelf, it sure as hell feels good, and it shows your partner that you care about them. Add Sword Vitality to your pregame, and you'll always be ready for game time. Visit swordvitality.com and use promo code BRONX21 at checkout for a nice discount. That's swordvitality.com, promo code BRONX21. That discount won't be the only nice thing you're getting. All right, let's talk about the rules. We mentioned them already, but the pitch clock. So Logan said something interesting because he went to the game on Saturday. He said it was very, very noticeable being in the stadium. And it's funny that he said it for the Saturday game because that was the only game to go over <laughs> three hours. Opening day was two hours, 33 minutes. Saturday's game was three hours, 12 minutes. And then today's game was two hours, 27 minutes. Sub two and a half hours is just awesome. I cannot stress the word awesome enough. Last year, they only played six games, basically at or around the two and a half hour mark. Six games in all of 2022. They've already played two out of three at the two and a half hour mark. And the pitch clock is working magic. Yeah, Logan, what were your thoughts? I want to hear this uh, before I give my... So I thought it was fast. I'm, I will tell you that this, I, I don't know if this has to do with it or if other things have to do with it, but I kind of thought that they were going to raise all the prices in the stadium based on the fact that the people are going to be there less days, less time to pay for concessions. Can confirm chicken buckets are up $5 a bucket. Up $5? Um, they're up $5. They are up $5. What are they now? Like $24.99. Um, I actually oh, just double checked oh. that because that's what I thought, but oh. everything was up. All the uh, beers are up. Everything was up. Oh. But I think it's probably based on the fact that there's probably an extra a, a half hour less a game now that got people can't buy stuff at the concessions. Um, also, the guys in front of us got up to get chicken buckets and they missed legitimately an inning and a half to two innings. That's going like, to be a problem. Looks to be them. Yeah, yeah, but so, that's going to be a problem. You better you got to do your typical. homework. You got to do your prep. You got to get things as much as possible and, and get them before and then don't get up. 
literally. And hope that, yeah, like they're going to probably have to increase the amount of guys uh, that are out in the in the stands, you know, slinging slinging uh, stuff, beer. It felt like fast food. being there. It felt way faster being there. And it was like, you know, I turned around to like say something to somebody you miss and pitches left and right. You got to be locked in. Otherwise, you're missing stuff. And you're you're, well, you're more talking game, about like the, the in the at-bats feel faster, yeah. right? Like the individual. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, so the game the went three plus innings, but or three but, plus hours. But that game on Saturday last year takes three hours and 55 minutes. Easy. Right. There was and, a ton and, of pitching changes. It the was two games that went seven, two and five. a half. Right. The two games that went two and a half this weekend take 315. And that's thought of as a fast game last year. So I, I think it's such a great thing for the sport. I really do. Like, yeah, fine. You're going to miss it if you go get your chicken bucket or you go get you go get a beer. But it's like, I just think the quickness and the crispness, especially with runners on base, that's when it's very, very noticeable because pitchers slowed the game down to a screeching halt when when, when runners were on base. It's fast. The, the, uh, the, the camera would normally do like, multiple replays they do multiple shots of the fielder of the players now they might do one quick replay and then it's back to the pitcher and he's in his windup i just think it's such a much more entertaining product and listen if you look at really what happened it's still a lot of walks still a lot of strikeouts still a lot of home runs like that that was basically how the games went still and i think that'll just take that's going to take time to fix right it's like the players are still who they are and like that's been how the game has been developing for a half decade now so we're still going to get that but it happens faster and if it's happening faster that's just better for everybody and and it's like people can complain you know doval was probably freaking out because he was he you know giants fans were probably pissed because because he couldn't handle the pitch clock like garrett cole i think michael k brought this up on opening day. It was the fourth inning and he was rubbing up the ball and then he kind of realized like, oh crap, like I, I, I gotta, I gotta go. I gotta, I gotta hit this, this pitch clock. Um, well, we saw with then, Duvall too. Uh, there like there a couple, also a, 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 a couple little violation on JD Davis in the ninth inning on opening day with Marinaccio pitching. He wasn't ready for the eight second mark. And so this also happened to Rafael Devers on opening day. He got called for a pitch clock violation. Scott, did you happen to watch that, that video? Cause he got called out strike three. No, I did not see it. So Devers was in the box with 10 seconds to go. And the rule states you have to be ready for the pitch at eight seconds. So he was in the box at 10 seconds, looked out at the pitcher. The pitcher was not ready to go. So Devers kind of like put his head down and started to like, you know, wave the bat back and forth or whatever. So then when it hit eight seconds, because he was head down and like waving his bat, the ump called him for strike three. I'm happy there's rules, okay? But I'm also like, that's a pretty gray area because it's not like Devers is out kicking dirt behind home plate at eight seconds to go. He is in the box with eight seconds to go. So if they're going to be that strict with the rules, I think I'll, I'm going to take it because I want the, speedy, the speediness of the game. Like I want this to be drilled into players. But damn, like as a hitter, you don't just have to be in the box. You have to be like in your stance at eight seconds. Yeah, you have to be engaged with the pitcher. I think that's one of the you have to be you have to be engaged. Uh, I think that's that's how the rule is stated uh, or I made that up. But it's you have to be very, very much right there. And look, I think the other thing you said, which makes a lot of sense early on, you're going to see some guys struggle with it. But they're going to get used to it. They're going to get used to it. It's going to be what the the way that the game is to them. The, very soon, you're already seeing it with a lot of people, and it's just a it's one of those adjustments that you're you're never going to notice again once all the guys make the adjustment and they get used to the, you know the um 
this thing being repeated over and over again. So I'm not worried about it at all. I think it is a good thing for the for the game. And it's consistent. That's the other thing. Like you mentioned about guys, you know, when there's runners on base, they'll, they'll step off the mound, they'll do these things to slow the game down. Now you have a consistent pace of the game. So that's the other thing. Like, you know, and and to Logan's, you know, detriment where you're at the game and some of these people there, like not used to it yet. But you'll get used to this pace of the game now so that your 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 head is and you're you're paying attention now to the cue of the game, just like in any other sport where there's a clock and then there's a, a shot clock or a um, you know, the the count in, in football, like you gotta be ready for it. And I think everybody's making the adjustment. But that is a weird place for an umpire standing behind the batter to be able to fully understand if the if the 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 batter is a is engaged with the pitcher so it's like you're almost looking at like the brim of their helmet or or what like you know obviously you can see a little bit but it's it's a strange thing to say and that it will that will be a problem at some point that will definitely oh, be a yeah. problem you know point. you know guys are going to get pissed and, and get thrown yeah. for so and the players union will probably say something but like the players union needs to realize like this is not about the players this is about the the fans and about the game and the product, like the product, like that's what we're doing. This well, and, we're not doing and this, this was one of the, player. this was one of the pieces of the rule that they wanted to be reconsidered after spring. Right. Like, but the MLB said, no, we're keeping everything. They the way added it is. in, they added in the big swing clause. Okay. That's it. So then, you, but that's a judgment call. That's, that's a like, okay, this guy needed a breather. What we saw in the, uh, at the end of the game with the, with the uh, giants is that a guy, the guy struggling, uh, catcher comes out to, to, to they're going to use those, those, those visits, visits, you know, yep. a lot more strategically now. And they're going to use them. Um, Cole basically used his he had to walk visit. out. I think Roberto Perez or whoever was catching at that point had to walk out to avoid another, another, you know, pitch being called to strike. So there's now a, a larger, uh, you know, the, the, who, the catcher really does have to be in control, not only of the game, but of the, of the clock. And like, he's got to have a really good internal clock. And when that, when that thing is going, um, so that he can go out there and step in late in games like that. Um, yeah. So Cole, one thing I failed to mention when he called out Trevino, when he was realizing he was going to go over the pitch clock. So right. he, he, he called him out, just used, you know, it's basically like you have to burn one of your timeouts, like in, in football, if it's yeah. three seconds left and you're not ready to go, you got to burn your timeout. I think, yeah, I, I, I was really pleased w- with how it went. This the throwing over thing, I really do. Uh, you know, as much as I've been been on this uh, in spring training, after seeing it now just for a weekend, I, I think it's going to continue to get exploited. It's going to continue to get exploited. And these guys are going to be Rizzo running. Rizzo tried to exploit it today. And he got nabbed. Running. Yeah, I mean, Rizzo's been doing that shit for, you know. <laughs> but, it, you oh, know, for it, it, it always just looks so bad when it doesn't work. That's just how, that's just how it is. But, uh. But yeah, across the league, like you're gonna see. I think you're gonna see some 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 pretty seismic changes in that way. Yeah. Um, and and yeah, catchers just don't have a goddamn chance. The catchers don't have a chance. They really it, the, the the strikeout or the throwout percentage is going to be so severely low this year. It's going to be bad. Yeah, and that, I mean, I mean, it's still up to the pitcher though to control the run game as much as possible. If the pitcher is going to take up until the last possible second every time, that's giving the uh, the runner the the green light to go ahead. It's like well, they, they just need to start their so they just need to start their mechanics. They really need to start their because they what 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 you're seeing and what you'll continue to see more is that when there's a runner on. They could stay set for as long as they want. Like they, they can, uh, they can affect the timing of the runner by staying 
in the set position before they start their actual windup. And I think that's where you're going to start to see a, a lot more gamesmanship because the batter can't step out, you know, more than X times. The runner is, there's a game of chicken going on there. So the pitchers are going to start holding the ball for even longer too and really try to like mess with that timing. Like that's a, that's a Nestor Cortez special. Now you're going to see a lot more guys do that, I bet. Nestor, I'm looking forward to Nestor because he's pitching tomorrow against Philly. I'm looking forward to seeing how he handles it. Um, so I, I definitely think umpires were probably instructed to, to call things tight at the start of the season. It's like, you know how cops have quotas for tickets like each month that they have to hit? Like, I wonder yeah. if umpires have quotas in the first month of the season. Because what baseball wants is not in August, September, and especially October for the umpires still having to call pitch clock violations. They just want it to be drilled into the players so they're conditioned for it. And then it's not even like a, a, a topic of conversation by the second half of the season. So that's why I'm sure they're calling it tight. Because like, that was a tight call on Rafi Devers. But cool. Cool with it. Yeah. And against the Red Sox, even cool. Yeah. Even fuck the Red Sox. All right. Uh, three, like I said, three games against Philly. Um, you know, weird starting against two National League teams before they they go to Baltimore for the, the Orioles home opener. But Taiwan Walker versus Nestor Cortez. And then Matt Strom against Domingo Herman and Aaron Nola versus Garrett Cole. That's a hell of a pitching matchup yeah. on, on Wednesday. So that, that's the week. So we have preview episodes. We've done a preview episode the last four days, including Saturday and Sunday. So if you didn't catch those, go check those out. We have more preview episodes every day this week. And then Scott and I will probably be back on. Do we know when we're recording in? Because it is a, I think it's a day game. Is it a day game Orioles day game opener on Thursday? It's a Wednesday day game and Thursday day game. Oh, okay. So maybe we'll probably record after Wednesday's day game, after the, the third game of the Philly. Are we sure about that day game? On, on uh, Wednesday? Yeah, to get it, day, uh, getaway day game. Cool. So we'll, we'll likely record after that one o'clock uh, day game on Wednesday. You got some home yeah. openers happening and things like that. So you get some weird times of the, of the games. Yes. Uh, Anything else you want to touch on? No, good start. Good start. Uh, keep, keep it going. It's weird, National League. You're right. But uh, I like it. Good start. Go Yankees. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Make sure you find us on iTunes and subscribe so you can get all new episodes directly onto your phone. If you do like the show, we'd love for you to take a minute and give us a five-star rating and review in iTunes. It really helps us out and allows us to create more shows. We're on Twitter at Bronx Pinstripes and the same on Facebook. You can always find us there talking Yankee baseball. Thanks again, guys, for your support. Really appreciate it. And go Yankees.